you know, I can reference back to that point where two years into my career, I had some success, but I started seeing that's not fulfilling me. And I can look 10, 20 and 30 years ahead and see other people like me that they're not fulfilled and they're still seeking more to, to find that. So when I decided I will walk away, that gave me the peace to say, OK, everything after this is kind of bonus. So let me let me enjoy it, but also be willing to to step away and. Welcome to the Shipping on the Life. I'm your host, Frank Rich, and this is the only podcast in the world dedicated to helping men break free from the shackles of addiction through the power of faith and fitness. It is our goal with every episode to help you take back control and rebuild your body, mind, and spirit. And we do so by bringing you real and raw conversations with people just like you, aiming to find their place in this world while dealing with the everyday struggles and battles that we all face. Now, it is my belief that we were all created for a specific purpose. And if we can harness that belief or faith, then take control of our mind and body or fitness, then we can ultimately create the life that we've always dreamed about, our own superhuman life. I want to let you know how grateful and blessed I am to have you here with me today. Let's get on to today's show. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another amazing and very exciting episode of The Superman Life. As always, I am your host, Frank Rich. And guys, I just want to tell you once again how incredibly grateful I am to have every single one of you here with me today. So before I get into today's intro, guys, let me just remind you with a few quick house cleaning items. Uh, as we've been sharing with you here over the last few weeks, uh, one of our big focuses on 2021 with The Superman Life podcast and with our entire mission here, both in the podcast and we with Rebuild Recovery, is up in the ante, is upping our production on the video side of things. So a lot of you guys are now finding us on YouTube. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you're notified every single time a new video is released. And for you guys that are only on the audio side, you know, maybe check us out on the video and let me know uh, what your thoughts are. are. Are you liking the style of how we're putting these videos together? Uh, we're doing this, obviously, to continue to reach more people a much wider audience and have a greater impact on the world. So curious what your thoughts are on, on, on the videos. And if you guys are enjoying uh, the, the level of production that we're bringing to, to the show. Um, but guys, I got to tell you, you know, keeping consistent with the last couple episodes here, we're really up in the ante on the guests we're bringing on just a higher level caliber of an individual, higher level caliber of stories, higher level caliber of impact into your life. And that's really what today's episode is all about. It's about sharing Truly a remarkable story of an individual, what he's done to get to where he's at today. And hopefully we can provide you with some insight, maybe some tactics and strategies to help you in finding those answers. If you got questions about what is God's plan for me? What, you know, do I need to keep moving down this path? Do I need to have faith that I'm moving in the right direction? All of that is going to be, you know, just, just filtered throughout today's, today's conversation and today's message. So let me get in and introducing our guest. Our guest is none other than Nate Burkhalter. Nate Burkhalter. Uh, Nate is a an American Ninja Warrior. He's the third or fourth competitor of the American Ninja Warrior show that we've had on the guest. And like I told Nate in the early introduction when when, when he and I start talking, I believe he's gone on further uh, than any of our previous guests. Now, Nate is also the first world champion of the Exotalon, uh, which is a Latin American version of the American Ninja Warrior. And it's kind of a hybrid. You know, there's a reality TV component to it. And Nate and I talk a little bit about what brought him to that show, how he was able to stay true to himself 
Uh, so what you guys will find in in this story is 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 Nate is a strong man of God. He he puts his faith first and foremost before anything. Now that wasn't always the case, and we really unpack that. Uh, you know, Nate was born or grew up a a pastor's child. Uh, I believe he used the term PC, uh, which was new for me. Um, but how did you know? How was he able to hold on to his faith in in those early years? And 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 he admits that there was a time in his life where he went astray, uh, but he came back and. And Nate has an incredible story of, of just trusting his faith, trusting in God uh, to provide him with the answers. And, and, and guys, this is really a jam-packed, powerful conversation. So without further ado, guys, I want to get into today's conversation with the global champion, the American Ninja Warrior, the man of God, No Limits Nate. Guys, hope you guys enjoy this one. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to leave us a five-star rating and written review. But let's get on with today's conversation with the American Ninja Warrior, Nate Burkhalter. All right, Mr. No Limits, Nate, my brother, welcome to the Superhuman Life. Thank you so much, Frank. I'm honored. I'm excited to be a part of this. So let's Dude, get it rocking. I am too, man. We had to jump through some hurdles to make this thing happen, but, <laughs> uh, but we are here. We, uh, we got some energy. We got some excitement. It's early morning there. It's 9 a.m. in Houston, Texas, correct? That's right. And it's town. I, I just got back in from San Diego. Got oh, okay. in last night about 1 a.m. I was up this morning at 5 a.m. for another meeting. So I'm charged up, bro. I've had like three cups of caffeine or Woo! coffee. Let's go. <laughs> what what what, uh, what took you out to uh, San Diego? I went and met up with Steve Weatherford, who you okay. guys have had, or you've had on your show before. Some yeah. of your audience may know him, Super Bowl champ, one of the only guys to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Oh, that's He's right. Part of the Giants, and I'm part of his mastermind group, his life coaching group, and he had an upgrade your human experience. So we did some hiking, Wim Hof breathing, cold plunge. And then got into some business and, and leadership talks. It was a good little event. Yeah, man. I love that. Steve is uh Steve is a powerful, powerful dude, man. Um he's 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 coming here to Tampa. We were talking about that uh, you know, beforehand. But yeah, Steve was just on a few a few episodes ago. So all the listeners out there know Steve, know the impact and influence he has had on on my life. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about that, that kind of upgrade your event thing, because I know he's got you guys cold plunging and, and breathing. This is all stuff that I've shared. You know, it was a massive part of my life. I think we're going on, I don't know the amount of days, but we're, we're almost 18 months now of, of cold showers every single morning. So I have a sauna wow. here. I have a sauna here at my, at my house. So it's a part of my morning routine. I'll take Bentley. We do our 30 minute walk in the morning, jump right in. That's, so when we leave, I turn the sauna on. So by the time I get back, it's heated up. Uh, jump right in the sauna, 30 minutes, and then immediately in, into the cold shower. So that has changed my life in, in so many ways. What's been your experience with some of these, you know, kind of biohacks and, you know, these type of events? Like, what have you learned about yourself in really exposing yourself to difficult things every single day? Man, that's cool that you've got that setup going. I yeah. love that. And uh, my roommate's dog's name is Bentley. So we got oh, some okay. common ground there. Yeah. But, you know, I think back in 2015, 2016, I'd moved to Africa in 2016 really looking to take a step up in my Ninja Warrior training and progress and breakthrough. And I was following a lot of Lewis House content and then mm. found a few other guys that got more into biohacking. So I really tapped into cold therapy, cold plunge, Wim Hof, sauna, and, you know, cycling that hot and cold side of things. And then I moved to Norway. So I got, to, I got a chance to apply some of the cold therapy training I've been doing. I went yeah. up to the North Pole in a place called Svalbard, as, high, as far north as you can get okay. in Scandinavia. And I did a, a cold plunge dip over there, cut through some ice, and dove in, felt like I was prepared. But, you know, helping tap into the neurochemistry of your mind, mm. overcoming some of those things that are scary, that are challenging. 
I've definitely seen the, the potential unlocked more so in my mind and handling the pressure that comes from Ninja Warrior, a one and done mentality. It's like you walk up as a, a kicker and it's like you make this kick and you win, you miss it, you lose. And it's helping me to handle pressure and, and things that feel like outside of my control. I can dial that in because now I can handle sitting into an ice tub and just calming my mind and keeping myself present. So it's yeah. been helpful, powerful. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful, man. Um, I love that you, you, know, you talked about the neurochemistry side of things. I mean, uh, you know, we'll, we'll jump in here, you know, down the road a little bit about, you know, the work mm -hmm. that we do. Uh, you know, we, we deal heavily in, in neuroscience here, you know, in, in our coaching program, helping men really, you know, break, break these chains of, of their addiction. So I love that. I love that part. And then, yeah, we, we just had, I just had Dave Asprey on. He'll actually be dropping the episode before yours. Massive biohacker dude. I mean, you know, he, he, he invented the term, you know, 20 plus, 20 plus years ago. Um, you know, in, in doing that, we kind of we kind of started in a different place in, than where I wanted to. But you talked about traveling Africa and then you, you spent some time in in the North Pole. I know this is a massive part of, of your stories, this kind of traveling and, 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 and seeing the world. And you talked about the American Ninja Warrior as well. I believe you're the third, maybe fourth. I know for a fact, Anthony Trucks and, and Danny Vega. I can't remember okay. if somebody else in those early episodes were uh, was an American Ninja Warrior competitor as well. You've taken you know, you've taken these competitions far beyond what what these guys are doing and we're going to get into this exotalon uh experience <laughs> that, that you that you had but let's go back kind of to to a little bit of of the beginning you know the early years of nate you know and and, and let's see if we can kind of take people on a journey here with you know the engineering and how you know how how you begin to travel and then how'd you end up you know really leaving your corporate your corporate world job and, and getting into these competitions and becoming more of an influencer and brand. So I know there's not a direct question there. It's more, you know, kind of take us to, to maybe a good starting point in, in your life story. You know, if it's teenage Nate, if it's younger Nate, um, I'll let you kind of decide where's the best way to really kick people off here. Right on. Well, first off, man, I'm honored to be a part of this. Looking yeah. forward to connecting to your audience. I appreciate what you're doing and how you're impacting and changing lives. And that resonates with me. So I'm, I'm stoked to join in with this. And, you know, diving back into maybe childhood Nate, I was a, a pretty energetic, aggressive kid. And then as I rolled into my 10, 11 year old self, we moved from where I was in Memphis, Tennessee, down to Louisiana. My dad was a pastor. So I was a PK and small town place. I was an outsider at that point, And I lost some of my confidence because I came into a new space and, and didn't really feel included mm. and as I was developing some friends and trying to gain some confidence. You know, I think that's, that's the time when young men start really developing confidence in themselves. Like they, they start taking a path towards sports. But for me, I got kind of hit in that place of losing some of that confidence. And I also got introduced to porn through a Playboy magazine in like, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade. Yeah. I remember being like, what is this? I'm, I'm not really interested, but also I'm trying to fit in and be included. So I, I accepted that, that imitation of, of finding out what this, this stuff is about. And as I rolled into Three years later, moved again to South Louisiana, was homeschooled for a bit. So still kind of unplugged. And I'm, I'm trying to find myself athletically because as a young man, like I want to I want to compete and move around and play. Find myself pretty athletic, but also still lacking confidence. And can I do this? And I was a skinny, small kid. Maybe I mean, when I graduated high school, for reference, I was six foot tall, but 130 pounds. So pretty lean. Yeah. But going into more like ninth grade homeschooling and wanting to be part of a sports program, but, but didn't have one I could play. Eventually in 10th grade, I went back to public school. I was too small to play football, too far behind to play baseball and, and too short and too white to play basketball. And, um, so I, I tried to jump into like, what can I do? So I got on the tennis team, which 
everybody in South Louisiana was like, gay. <laughs> like, if you don't play football, you're not a man. If you play anything else, then it doesn't count. So I, I felt like the struggle of trying to develop confidence in who I was. And it's the only thing I, I kind of excelled at in this small-minded South Louisiana place was like school and math and science, mm. which wasn't really my passion, but it was a, a ability and opportunity. And I'd been working on farms. I'd been working in construction. I'd fix my own cars. Like we didn't have much money. So once I bought a vehicle, I learned to upgrade it myself. So I developed some intuition. And, and that later in life kind of led me towards a, a path toward engineering, which felt safe, but it wasn't where my heart was. And I, as I'm parallel in this struggle of, of not having a lot of confidence and not having a lot of friends and getting into a high school, starting in 10th grade and looking like I was 12 years old and maybe 115 pounds, it was a journey of, of finding confidence and then realizing, you know, a lot of your topics are on porn and porn became a hook for me, an outlet for me, because once I hit puberty and had a lot of sexual drive and hormones, I'm like, where, how do I handle this outlet? And then as I didn't have friendships and engagement and, and confidence in myself, I was too scared to approach women in a lot of ways, or at least develop good friendships or healthy relationships. So it was like porn became an outlet for me to cope or to, to feel more validated or more masculine. And I, that's a trigger. And that's a reminder for me, just looking back and, and where that wound started early on in life. And I think as a man, we don't always realize the source of our struggle or of our pain or our frustration, mm. but, but the enemy hits us pretty hard early on in life before we have defenses up and before we have awareness of what's going on. So, you know, long story short, I had, had drive, I had excitement as if kids, you know, we're all passionate, but then slowly life kind of wears us down and, and makes us lose direction or play it safe. And I learned to play it safe. And so the reason that's relevant is because through some of those fears I had, I was too scared to try out for football. I was too scared to, to go for things. I was too scared to ask the girl out. When I got older, I was like, I'm tired of being in places of playing it safe. I'm tired of being half in. I want to be the man who's passionate. You know, my name's Nate. And so I grab hold of the word passion, Nate, because it resonates in my spirit. There, there's times when I know I've come alive and I can see glimpses. There's got to be so much more to life than what I'm living. I'm just playing it safe because I'm afraid of the fear of failure, of rejection, of not being enough. And as, as I progress through this journey of, of self-realization and, and kind of becoming a PK that did the things I was supposed to do, but my heart wasn't in it. And then when I got into college, I was like, man, it's time for me to explore life a little bit and see what that's about. Went off in a little bit more of a wild, not crazy wild streak, but I had some fun. And I'm thankful for that season because it taught me to, to be free, to find myself and, and know that God can use whatever path any of us have journeyed on to bring us back to redemption and wholeness. And, and now I'm living from a place of abundance and excitement. And, you know, I've, like you mentioned, I've gone from a, a, a successful corporate career of sorts to moving into having no idea what I'm doing, jumping out in faith and then really breaking through in athletics and becoming a professional athlete and, and winning a show through that. So Grab something out of there that's yeah, going to no, be relevant to no, what you're thinking. Yeah, there's, 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 there's so much that we could really, really unpack there. I appreciate you for, you know, for, for just sharing, sharing all of that. Um, you know, just a quick, a few things that really jumped out to me. Um, first of all, I mean, yeah, you were, you were 10 with that, that exposure, you know, to por pornography. I mean, this is, this is obviously something we, we hear all the time here on this show and, and really, uh -huh. you know, in, in the work that I do daily, you know, for me, it was, it was way younger than that. It was somewhere between six and seven. Um, and wow. it wasn't a playboy. It was like, it was the hustler S kind of, kind of things. I think you and I are right around the same age. I'm 37 and, and yeah. I think you're right around, right around 34, 35. 
25 this month. So yeah. yeah so, yeah. you know, we didn't, we didn't have what, you know, the kids today, like they have, you know, they have Instagram and, and I mean, they're literally from the age of seven, they're walking around with really an endless supply of, of porn. So, you know, I try to bring a lot of, of awareness to, to parents and, and stuff like that. But some of yeah. the things you said were like, your you know, your, your kind of insecurity in and around women, you know, we understand so much from, from the neuroscience field. Now we've had Dr. Trish on here multiple times, you know, how the first, second time of literally consuming it, it begins to change the wiring, uh, in, 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 in neurochemistry of your brain. So here you are this like young little, you know, innocent child, your, your kind of first impression of, of, of women is like in this kind of exposed, uh, objectifying type of type of nature. So now your brain is wired like, Oh, women are meant for that. So when I see them in real life, I'm, un I'm uncertain and insecure about how to approach them. That was one of the things that really kind of jumped out. And then you had to work through the trauma. You had to work through kind of some of that early on, uh, you know, difficulties around how it was making you feel. We know from a neuroscience field as well, like you need to actually get to the root of your addiction to actually break, break free. You know, you can try to do all the rewiring, all the reboot, rebooting process, but if you don't understand the, the underlying cause of this from the beginning, you'll never fully break, break free there. So that's a lot of what we, a lot of what we do here with, with our work as well. I think I want to kind of go, you know, so, so we had Nate here, you know, this high school kid, 130 pounds, six foot, not really the greatest athlete, you know, too small for the football team too, you know, not advanced enough for baseball. So he chooses, chooses softball. How do we go from, from there? Tennis, tennis, not oh, softball. Tennis, tennis, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> softball would have been way worse. Everyone's like, why how is, did he do that? Is this why, is that the dude, why is that dude playing bait, playing the girls thing <laughs> over there? Which we know happens these days, but that's a whole different conversation. Right. We're not going to get into that here today. So how do we go from, you know, this tennis star to American Ninja Warrior, like high level competitor? Because you weren't just like on the TV show. You actually like excelled. And, and had some, some small little victories. Now you weren't the world championship there. So what, you know, what, what, what was that kind of progression through, you know, through your twenties? How did you, you know, obviously there's going to be some advanced training, you know, when did that kind of make its way? We have a massive fitness audience uh, that, that listens to the show. So I think we can dive into a little bit of, of the training stuff that took you from 130 pounds at six foot to, to, you know, to now world champion of Exatalon, uh, but also the American Ninja Warrior stuff as well. So did I give you uh, a clear enough question there? I'm tracking with you. Right. I got a good answer for you. So, you know, some of the mindsets I had to develop when I rolled into college, I got tired. I got sick and tired of being what I was. I was small, skinny. I was afraid to really push it and see what I could become because like, what if it wasn't enough? But I decided, man, let me get myself around some people who are doing things well. Mm. Who, like, let me look at a guy that I'm impressed with in his life. You know, Steve Weatherford, Weatherford is an example. Like, ah, he motivates me. Let me look at Arnold. Let me look at a few others. So I just grabbed a few people that motivated me both in my sphere and also that I saw on TV on the internet. So I get to college, dude, I just started doubling down on food and lifting heavy, which I'd never done either of the two. And I put on about 60 pounds in my first six months. And I went from 130, 135 up to 190. Got some friends that were on the football team. And I'd, I'd always wanted to play football. I was just too small and too insecure. And I was like, man, what would it take for me to walk onto this football team? Cause I, I had athleticism and I didn't fully know it, know it, but I, I started seeing that as I played flag football and then got around some guys on the actual team at Louisiana tech university. Okay. And they're like, man, you you're running with us. You got a chance here. So that kind of got me excited. So I doubled down on training, got around a little bit more of them, got up to 195, ran a, a four, six had pretty good hops, could dunk a basketball. And that all developed by my sophomore year in, in college. So I make, start making the rounds in the process to walk onto the football team. 
my sophomore year, spring, my sophomore year, 2007. And as I'm progressing through that and, and looking like I have a good chance to not only get on the team, but maybe play by my senior year, which is a stretch, but still exciting. I get this crazy freak accident burn injury that takes me out severe second and third degree burns on my legs, weight thigh down. Thankfully it wasn't any higher because I'd burn my nuts off, but, um, <laughs> but it, that takes me out. I'm in the ICU burn unit for a month. I can't walk. Uh, there was a chance that I could have died. The, the hole that I fell into, that's a whole different story, but that I fell into was eight feet deep. And so had I sunk all the way in, I would have died wow. from a boiling pit of water that was like a pie crust on the ground. And I'm walking across and didn't see it. Separate story. But what that did was it suspended my ability to play football and pursue that athletic dream. That's relevant to your, your audience and athletes because I never became a high level athlete until really 25 years old. Whereas most people are starting in their teens and then building that up and they're plateauing at 25. I'm almost 35 now. And I'm, I would say I'm more in that plateau range. I'm really hitting a stride. And so it's never too late. And mm. as I lost that opportunity to play football, and then a year later, I'd, I'd physically recovered, but I decided it's not worth me doubling back in to go try to play this football side of things when I have a, a potential and promising engineering career developing. So let me play the smart move. Let me move on to engineering as my future source of career and, and income. And I kind of put the dreams of athleticism on the back burner. I kept working out, but I didn't really know much about nutrition. So I, I slowly gained weight. And I uh, just lifted heavy, but I didn't do any sprints or cardio. Moving into graduating, getting a job in Houston, high performance engineering company, like was the fortune number one company at the time. I was kind of excited to, to have a good shot at that and got it open some cool doors. Come to Houston, that led to fun, adventurous lifestyles and roaming the world to some degree. But as I found promise and success there, I, I feel I was so frustrated with not being able to develop as an athlete and really not having any tools from where I came from to understand how to better my health, my mindset. And I kind of came to a crash of like, I'm doing all these things in life that the world tells me is, is how you find success and how you find fulfillment. So it's like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of starting to hook up with girls. I'm, I'm roaming the world. I'm, I'm making good money, but man, none of this stuff is bringing fulfillment. Like, is there more to life, God? And I, because I'd grown up as a preacher's kid, I'd seen this realm of religious people that didn't really have life and abundant life. And they weren't real. They weren't real men. They were really passive. They were khaki wearing kind of weak and, and follow all the rules. And it just kind of turned me off. But I said, you know what, God, if, if there's more to you than what I'm experiencing, I'll give it a shot because I've got to be the kind of person that's all in. I can't do this half and half thing. I can't play it safe anymore. So I, I ended up making a decision to like really give God a full shot in my life. Heard the scripture Deuteronomy 429. If you seek me with everything you have, 100% effort, you know, that's what coaches require. Mm. You seek me with everything you have, that's where you'll find me. And so I was like, you know what? I do things. I can get by with 70, 60, 50% and still do okay. But I want to do something that challenges everything. So I made that switch. I saw God move in my life in, in really powerful ways. And one thing that popped up maybe six months later was this show called Ninja Warrior. Never heard of it before. But when I saw it, a friend sent me a text message and said, dude, this thing is for you. And I saw it. I was like, yes, it like jumped in my spirit. I see this guy from Houston, his name's Sam Sand. He's like a Cambodian refugee. He'd migrated over here. Eventually, through his story, he got on this TV show because they had Ninja Warrior in Japan where it originated. And so he'd always been a fan of it. He did well, and that motivated me. So I, I reached out to him. And here's the key piece that I can see the link. In our lives, we, we find ourselves at a certain place, and we can think as men – Hey, I could, I can do that on my own. I can make this journey of progression on my own. I don't need help. 
And then we get stuck, but we're too prideful or, or isolated to realize that we just need to reach out to someone and let them pull us forward. And so I, at that point, I was like, you know what, instead of me trying to build myself up more as an athlete, like I've done in the past, let me reach out to someone who's further ahead of me and align myself with them. And that's what I'm doing right now with Steve Weatherford. But at that time, I grabbed hold of this guy named Sam Sand, jumped into his Ninja Warrior gym and started being pushed. I got pushed way harder than I could push myself. And that was the first time I had like a coach. And I grew a lot from that. I applied for the TV show. They called me and they said, hey, thanks for applying. Um, you know, not, we're not going to accept you this year. And they hung up on me. Uh, that was kind of frustrating, heartbreaking. But I'd remembered the, the walk-on attempt I made for, for football several years before. And I was like, you know what? I, I gave it up at that point. I had a, a setback. I had something that I needed to overcome with this injury. And I let it beat me. So this time, you know what? I'm not giving up. I'm giving everything I have. And if I don't make it with that full effort, then okay. But I'm not going to feel good about myself if I don't really give everything I've got at this point. So I, I went through what they call the walk-on process. Ended up camping out for like a week where the course was being built. Get in and end up running the course. Do pretty well, but I placed 33rd that night out of the 120 competitors. So you had to be in the top 30 to move on. So I, I, I didn't get to move on. That was heartbreaking in a lot of ways, but I doubled down the next year, reapplied, got my brother. My, I got two brothers. They're younger than me. One was in the military. He's jacked and shredded. He looks like a mini Arnold. And I, he joined in with me. So in the application process, they called me again. They're like, hey, we saw your application. Is your brother in the pool? Is he interested? And I was like, yeah, he's there. They're like, cool. We're going to accept him and not you. I was like, what the? Come on, man. <laughs> so they, they picked my brother instead of me. And, you know, all this time I'm continuing to work. I'm preparing. I go and I go support him. I test the course. And then in another regional, I walk on again. I camp out for two weeks to make this thing happen. And I got an opportunity and I compete again in that regional. And I end up placing about 33rd again. Don't make it all the way through. So it's like, great, man, I'm, I'm putting a lot of effort. I've progressed myself as an athlete. I'm, I'm six foot, 180 pounds, 8% body fat at this point. Not focusing on the output of what I look like, but just really aligning myself with training programs where people that are better than me mm. were having success. So I was continuing to grow there and also experiencing these challenges, both the obstacles that were setting me back, but then the failure and learning how to respond and also learning. God taught me it's not so much about the failure as it is the process. And I began learning that that failure doesn't define me, but it can empower me if I learn something from this. Third year of, a, of applying I'm living in Africa at the time. My company sends me overseas. I just broken up with my serious girlfriend. Um, thought I was going to marry her, but, but had, didn't ha quite have peace in my heart. As I, we go through this breakup process, like two months later, she, she ends up dating my a member of my favorite band who I somehow introduced them to by taking her to a concert. And she was a reporter. She interviews them. They end up dating after that. Gets married. And it's like, oh, stabbing my heart of my favorite band is now like tainted because my ex-girlfriend is now married to them. So I, part of that frustration and many other things in my life, I accept this international assignment, go to Africa and through that I'm still training, but I'm on my own. So I'm kind of isolated again, but that gives me more time to really double down and prepare. Ninja Warrior calls me the third time I get accepted, come back, compete, crush the regionals, regional qualifying round, hit one of those buzzers. Like you see people do on TV, feel this like wave of, thankfulness and emotion and excitement and, and it kind of made that journey worth it and then the next day we compete I get through the regional finals make it to the national finals in Las Vegas and I'm I'm prepping the night before to be on the big stage you know, now we're in the playoffs you know now it's real and only a few people have made it this far 
And the night before I'm, I'm practicing on this trampoline and I tweak my ankle and break it and tear a ligament. And I'm, so I get like this hairline fracture, a torn ligament. I'm devastated. You know, it's like all these things. I finally made a breakthrough. I'm 20, I'm 30. I just turned 30. I'm 30 years old. Finally had a breakthrough. And, and now it's being taken away from me. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to walk away from this yet. So I, I got people praying for me. I got a doctor in there. We decide, Hey, wrap it, ice it, see what you can do. Not, you know, not recommended to run with a hairline fracture and a partially torn ligament. I had a grade three ankle sprain. I bandage and wrap this thing up, splint it, put a shoe on. And I don't tell any of the producers or team doctors. And I go run that course at the national finals. Wow. Deciding, you know what? I may never get back here again. And if I don't leave everything on the line, mm. then I'm going to, I'm going to regret it. Now that's not my advice for everyone because medically that's not the best thing. But I, I made a determination in my mind, like I am going to give everything until a doctor, until someone rules me out, I'm not going to look back and say, Frick, what if, you know, because I've had too many of those regrets. And so I developed that mindset. Nothing is taking me out. It doesn't matter what happens to me. I'm going to give everything I have until I can't stop fighting. So I ran the course and I end up falling on the first obstacle. Actually, I get DQ'd on the first obstacle. I make it through. I like one hop my leg through this, this weird we're beginning obstacle. It was all balance and footwork. And if I had made it through there, I think I could have finished the course physically capable of that. But I, I fail. Everyone's like, Oh, Nate, you suck. Not knowing that I had massive pain in a, in a fractured foot, but I, I you know, let, let it go away. Cause the winner of the show from the year before falling on the same obstacle with me. And he, he taught me how to respond to that okay. setback. So it, this story is about adversity, overcoming it, then set back through injury and then deciding that's not going to define me. And I'm not stopping persevering forward. That's relevant because when I, I got this trophy back here, yeah, I got some serious injuries that happened on the eight months of filming that show. But that finally got the breakout in 2016, got on another show called team Ninja warrior, had a lot of success there. Me and my teammates, Daniel Gill and Barclay Stockett, who are world-class class athletes. We, we were making a run to the finals and we're racing people on these courses and, and we get to the final event with the other team so we're in the we're in the super bowl basically mm -hmm. and i i make a fall as i collide with a competitor tear my shoulder out of socket i'm taken out we lose the match we lose the overall championship we lose the money and and i'm out again for six months so another injury another frustration but learning to rehab learning to to come back and handle those situations really built up my mindset and so I had moved off to Norway as the next work assignment, start traveling a lot more. That's when I mentioned going up to the North Pole. Yeah. Having some cool experiences. God's teaching me things through the process, but I'm continuing to just make steady gains as an athlete around other people when I can or on my own and just setting metrics. And I'm, I'm not a systems guy, even though I'm an engineer, I, I just like excitement. And when it's, when it's boring to me, it's so hard for me to stay focused. So I, I try to keep myself accountable by, telling people what I'm doing and having outside people influencing me. Yeah, dude, that's, that's great, man. I, you know, one thing that, you know, I really picked out of, you know, of really that entire story was the value of, of people in your life. You know, one thing you said when you were in college, you know, you kind of had that, that kind of eye-opening moment where you realize like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this here on my own. But then it seems like once graduating and kind of getting some of that early on material success, like, was that when you kind of started to like, 
take like take things back and, and and kind of thinking like Nate's got this. I know that was the case for me. Like I had I had some early financial success, like in my very early twenties. I mean, twenty one, twenty two. Like I I was making I was making more money than than I had seen anybody in my family ever make. And and you give a young kid like with an ego and pride, like, dude, like you're, you're, you're making more money than you've ever seen your family make. Like, I was like, I got this. I don't need anybody. And it was 14 years of me trying to run my life all by myself until God came and like knocked me down multiple times. But there was, you know, there's parts of my story with getting around the right type of people. You know, Steve talks a lot about, you know, the right people, the right place, the right time, the right things happen. That was a big theme with our episode. I'm sure he shared that with you as well. And the work that you guys are doing. Like my life changed once I saw some of these, these godly men, how they were living, how they were building their families, how they were focused on service first and the financial success came there. So, so was there a moment kind of in your, you know, in your early kind of uh, career success that that pulled you out of that? Cause it seemed like you had that, you know, being around the right people in, in college. And then you had to, you had to find it again later on. So do you think that was kind of the thing was like, you just saw a little bit of early wins for you? In college, the first breakthrough I had was, was getting around a group of men who, who basically said, hey, here's my real struggle. It's porn, and this is what's paralyzing me and taking away my ability to, to be my authentic self. And when they spoke and with transparency spoke out what they were dealing with, that gave me the freedom to share as well. For the first time in my life, I saw a man that I looked up to that was powerful, that was cool and authentic, share what he struggled with and share how he'd had not only struggle but breakthrough. Dude, that brought so much freedom and peace for me. And that's what Steve is for so many people. And that's what I aspire to become is being real authentic and raw and people can connect with that struggle. So that, that was a a breakthrough through other men that I was around in college. Now, fast forward to two years into my, my professional career in Houston, Texas, and things are going great financially and relationally and in the excitement I had. But, but with that, I, I didn't have peace. And so I, I was around some men they were kind of challenging that, like, what are you living for? And I saw one guy that was the epitome of success in our company, and he, but he had kind of a failing family. And when he retired, he passed away. Just a random thing happened. It wasn't even a random car wreck. Dude, just died, and he was a healthy guy. And I remember him telling me things like, hey, man, work through your career. Focus on this. Then, then you can go do the things you want to do. Then you can go have impact. Then you can go be this, and then you can go travel. Do the career first. Put your, you know, pay your dues there, build up the 401k. He had like 4 million saved up and he passed away. And I saw that theme happen time and time again. And I'm like, man, what am I living for here? Cause I, I'm trying to grab hold of this long-term safety success. And then I'm going to do what God's put in my heart. And I realized that's the time when I got to walk away from this and say, no, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. So yes, make wise decisions, but no, don't say I'll do what I really find important in 10 years or 20 years or, or next week or next month. No time, time to do it is now. So that's when I said, I had that come to Jesus moment I mentioned before. And then I said, you know what, God, I'll walk away from this. I'll throw this career away. I'll go be a missionary in Africa in a mud hut, which sounds freaking terrible, but I don't care what it is. I've got to do something with more purpose. And that's when God shifted my mind, pulled me out. I I decided to leave a lot of the old environments I was in, the the mindsets, the music. I love rap and hip hop and and country and R and B and rock, but all these things, man, they, they taint your mind. They program your mind in a certain way. So I, I detoxed myself from those environments, from my old friend groups, I walked away, which is hard for me because I'm a very loyal person, but I got myself around a few key men that just spoke life into me and, and gave me action steps of how to continue to improve. And that's where I saw Ninja Warrior pop in. That's where I saw uh, success be redefined. 
So then I continued progressing in the career path, but it was from a different place. It's like, I don't need or want money to find fulfillment. I don't need or want validation from like a career achievement. I just want to do what God puts on my heart. And, and when I'm seeing that life come from it and I'm seeing it bring life to other people, that's what invigorates me. So that's where that, that progression has been. And it's always come from accepting some of the men God's put in my life and, and allowing them to speak into me. Mm. And when I'm transparent and just say, here's, here's my struggle. I want to act like I've got it all together, but I really don't. And if I can be vulnerable in that and just say, help me, man, it allows God to use those people to help me and pull me forward. But whenever I project, I know what I'm doing. I got it together. Cause there is that, that trip of like, when you have some success, you do feel like confidence, some confidence is good, but then it becomes this cockiness of like, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm good, man. And, and I want you to think that I'm good. And so then I won't be real and raw. And that's my, my struggle as a preacher's kid. I've learned you're supposed to appear the right way because that's how you, you are. Cause you're the preacher's kid and you got to look like you got it together. And so being raw and transparent, that's what gives me breakthrough. And that's, what's led to, to some of these leveling up places where I'm like, I'm, I'm more connected to my purpose and using my gifts. Yeah, that's powerful, man. That, that story uh, about your, your, your former coworker, man, like that, that brought chills throughout my, my entire body. And it took me to, you know, I have one of the, one of the guys that runs the, the men's group at, at the church that I attend. So I'm seeing him weekly, you know, we're, 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 we're connecting all the time. He's got to sing anytime you run into Sam, Sam, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Greatest day of my life. Greatest day of my life is his response. And, and I've stolen it. And I, and and if Sam, you're listening, I want you to know, like, I give you credit every time I use this, but when I, but when I see people for the first time, like, Hey, Frank, what's going on? Greatest day of my life. They're like, Wait, what? Explain this to me. Like it kind of like pulls them in. And if uh-huh. you really stop and think about it, like yesterday is gone. So that's that's mm-hmm. that's not the greatest day. And tomorrow is never promised. I think the I think the meaning here, the point I'm trying to get to is it's no, don't work, 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 grind to hope for the retirement 30, you know, 30 years down the road when you're when you're 65. Live in the present moment. You know, I shared this quote like a year ago on my Instagram. Presence is the ultimate flow state. Mm-hmm. When you're mm-hmm. living and operating from a place of existing in, in the present moment, there's no greater sense of flow that I've ever experienced. And I've tapped into some creative states of flow. I mean, with writing and developing and creating projects, like I know what it feels like to work from that place. But when I am existing, like it's just me and Nate, like there's nothing else going on in this world. I'm present in this and I'm, and I'm running from flow. So dude, that was, that was, that was so powerful, you know? And then you, and then you talked about like, just, just being the openness and, and vulnerability. Like that's what I try to be here for, for men throughout the world, you know, like, with you, you know, like, like, like Nate, he's a public figure. He's, he's, he's got this massive following online. He's, he, he, he is reaching people all over the world. Like, why did you feel the need, you know, cause you could have kept your, your vulnerabilities. Like you could have had backdoor conversations with men about your own insecurities. And, and that kind of been how you process and work through it. But I know I told you, this was really how I found you a couple months ago was one of your posts where you were sharing the fight, the new drug. So my question is like, got a great looking dude here. You know, he's got, he's got the world really, you know, at his fingertips. He's, he's aligned with his purpose. He's aligned with what, you know, God is, is, is trying to do in his life. Like where did the, you know, where did the, the want to share your, your struggles with pornography with the world come from? Man, you know, it wasn't an easy, it was a hard decision and it wasn't easy to do. It took a lot of intentionality. And as I got back to the core of what has God created me to be and, and trying to be more introspective and analyze it. And as a man, for me, I, I tend to not really think about my thoughts, my feelings, and my emotions. I just want to go do. 
And I felt God remind me, man, I've, I've given you a voice. I've created you to impact people. And as I begin to believe that and see the, the realm of my influence and my sphere of influence grow, I wanted to give back. I mean, you hear guys just like the rock and others say, Hey, you know, give back as you, as you grow up and as you level up. And I thought, what would that look like for me? What was the biggest thing that wounded me that caused me insecurity that caused me struggle? Man, it was my addiction to porn and my shame connected to that and my inability to tell people because I was worried about what they thought. But I, I look at guys like you, I didn't know you at the time, but I look at guys who are willing to be vulnerable and express what was going on in their life and say how they, they either were through it or they were believing to get through it. And that real, made me realize that, and I now have that same voice. I can do that. There's boys watching, there's men watching, there's kids, there's women, there's desperate women, wives mm. who are so desperate to see breakthrough in their husband because their marriage is being destroyed. Man, in 2016, I shared my testimony with a few of my friends that had followed me to Ninja Warrior and were on my, in my support crowd. I had like 40 people in the crowd, like one of the biggest crowds they'd ever had on Ninja Warrior. And they all just decided to come. I didn't even invite them. And that, that gave me the spotlight on an episode. So we're driving home and I'm, I'm thanking them for being there. And they asked me, you know, what's your story, Nate? And I ended up telling them my story on pornography and struggle and breakthrough and where God freed me. And do both of these women begin weeping? They both lost their marriages because the men they were married to refused to battle the addiction of porn and how it destroyed their marriage. And they both said, it's not possible to beat it. So just accept me for who I am. And that, that shifted something in my mind because when these women are crying, saying, Nate, I've never met a guy who has shared his story with porn in a way that he's overcome it. So now I know it's possible because my, my ex-husband had convinced me that it's not possible to break through. That triggered something in me saying, man, I've got to get over the fear of sharing this because I'm ashamed to talk about it. I don't want to be known as some porn guy. I'm in a high performance corporate world with like CEOs and executives. I don't want to be the guy saying, hey, have you seen this dude's YouTube video talking about porn? Like that was a career ruiner for me. But because a few years before I had decided I will walk away from this job if that's what God calls me to do, then now I don't need this thing. I don't need this job. I don't need this status. So I'm willing to speak truth. And, and it's been a journey because I can say that from confidence now, but man, it's, it's hard. Like making that post, I made a post on Facebook, on Instagram and, and Twitter talking about porn, the harm, harmful side effects of it and some of its impact on my life. And man, it got huge traction, but I was so scared to do that. But it was just like step by step. I'm, I'm exposing myself a little more. I'm seeing people share how it was impacting their life, just like other people's lives that impacted mine. And that's fueled my fire to say, yes, I will step out. And that was part of me leaving my corporate gig to say, you know what? I don't want something silencing my voice. I want to be able to jump on a podcast or a, a Zoom with you and share this story instead of being like, oh man, when my, one of my executive guys sees this, he's going to say, Nate, we can't have you in our public image and branding anymore because you're out here talking about controversial subjects. And you know, that's not appropriate in the boardroom. I'm like, screw that. I want to see breakthrough in people's lives and I don't want to be held back and suppressed. So I'm going to rearrange my life to be able to do that. That's what I've done. And that's where God's, he, man, he blessed that decision mm. and that leap of faith. And, and that's another thing we can talk about. Like I left a high paying corporate gig with a lot of security and awesome perks and first class flights around the world with nothing set up. And well, that's, I definitely, I definitely want to get there because it was the same for me, you know, I had been, I had been an entrepreneur since 2012, 2013. So I never, you know, I, I didn't know it's been a long time since I've had to report to somebody, but in 2019, a part of my, you know, major kind of, kind of testimony in my transformation was I did take a, I took a job working as a, 
entrepreneur, I guess is probably the best way to really explain it. So I was like entrepreneurial mindset inside yes, of a company. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I know what you're talking about. But, but, but it was a great paying career or a great paying job with, with massive, massive upside. I mean, we were building a marketing agency really from scratch with the intent to exit, mm-hmm. you know, three to five years down the road, we're going to have a seven figure payout. But I wow. knew as this podcast was growing and, and, and God was telling me like, there's, there's something beyond this marketing stuff for you. Like these men that are, that are listening to your podcast need you more. They need more access to you. Just once a week is not enough. They need you daily. They need to be able to plug into you. They need you to walk this walk with them. So I launched a coaching program just over a year ago. In the first month or two, I was trying to balance too. I was trying to balance you know, 60, a 60 plus hour career with the agency building a sales force and then the podcast and then the coaching. And then it came to a point where I was like, I got to leave this. I got to leave six figures here and, and, and focus on, on what I can be doing. And I struggled for a couple months, you know, just to kind of keep the lights on. But every, every month, like God showed up, God showed up, like just, just enough, just enough, just enough. And, and that took me through, through a couple months. So, so how was that for, for you with, with exiting, like you said, I mean, first class travel, you know, these corporate boardrooms, like, like what the world kind of tells us, like, this is what you dream for in success. How were you able to, you know, remain, you know, faithful in those, in those moments? Like, what were you leaning into? What, how were you processing as you were going through that, that transition? Yeah, great question. You know, I can reference back to that point where two years into my career, I had some success but I started seeing that's not fulfilling me and I can look 10, 20 and 30 years ahead and see other people like me that they're not fulfilled and they're still seeking more to to find that. So when I decided I will walk away, that gave me the peace to say, okay, everything after this is kind of bonus. So let me, let me enjoy it, but also be willing to, to step away. And man, I came from very little trailer home, you know, working on a farm for four bucks an hour in a lot of ways. So I'm like, I can live lean if I have to, I don't have to have that, that fear mentality of what if I lose this job? So having the, the fear removed from stepping away gave me more freedom to be who I wanted to be and who I felt called to be. And as I progressed in this mindset of God, I just saw God give me these little reminders that, hey, there's more to your life. You're, you're not giving yourself. You're in this introverted, scared place where you're playing it safe in this job. And there's more to you to give. And he would give me these opportunities. And, and Ninja Warrior was a parallel to that. I, I began to unlock new gifts. And part of being on Ninja Warrior isn't just being an athlete. You can't athleticism your way into the tryouts. It's an audition and you have to have personality and a story and interest. It's, it's the same in any realm we do and we find success. You can't just be the technical person that knows how to make a, an electronic piece or device work. To grow, you also have to have communication ability and skill and you've got to channel your, your past and your story to connect with other people. So that's the same for Ninja Warrior. You have to have these multiple segments or, and pieces of your life. And so I started seeing how I am still playing it safe in this corporate side. It's not giving me the output or the opportunity to, to speak into people's lives. So I've got to make an exit strategy and see what God does. And so I began planning and working and eventually I got the best gig I could ever get in the corporation that I wanted. This sweet high paying expat role in Norway, a cush assignment, um, beauty, excitement. But when I got that, I felt like God just gave it to me to remind me that you're never going to find this, the, the purpose you're really looking for here, you've got to leave. And so I, I got the culmination of everything I thought would be what I wanted in a corporate side of things. And it, and it wasn't, wasn't the fulfillment. It wasn't using the gifts that God had placed in me. And so I knew that's confirmation. If this is the best that it can be, and I'm still like almost miserable here with great people, with great opportunity, then that's a good indicator that let me give that job to someone who, who really wants it and deserves it and desires it. And that's, that's more in line with their purpose. 
and let me go do something else. I don't know what it is yet. I got to take a leap of faith to find out. So I made a financial plan. I started building up things on the side, some side hustles, speaking a little more. Ninja Warrior, when I did decide to walk away from my sixth season, I, when I walked away from my job, my sixth season of Ninja Warrior, I got accepted. I, it had been two years of since that first injury, two years of making it to the regional finals, but missing the, the national finals by one spot. I'm this close. And like, man, so I'm, I'm considering giving up. But the sixth year, I decided, you know what? I'm going to give everything I've got. I'm not going to walk away without laying it all on the line again. And I'd had two prior injuries, you know, the season before and the season before. So I'm, I'm still continuing to persevere through those things. And, and hopefully that's a reminder for someone who's, who's thought about giving up. And they're like, man, it's just not worth it. Well, it can be if, if you feel like it's aligned with your purpose. And so I persevered, got accepted, got on, started a leave of absence with my company, which was an exit strategy. Mm-hmm. And, and with my corporation, once you do that, they know you're leaving and they, they wipe you off the future plan. So I essentially quit. I get back to Ninja Warrior. I end up hitting successfully in that regional in the best regional up in Seattle, Washington with all the other top competitors and former winners placed within one spot to qualify for the next night in a place in 10 out of, you had to be in the top 10 to make it to nationals. So I placed in the top 10, barely got it. I'm fighting fly back to Africa to, to wrap up a few things and go on a mission trip that I was a part of come back straight to Las Vegas for the national finals the next day, you know, some jet lag and everything but hit the ground running on the, the first round, which is where I failed three years before with, with that broken foot. Blazed through the course, ended up being one of the, the top finishers there that night. Had a huge win and celebration. So it was like all these, these prior years of work and struggle and frustration and failure and rejection, boom, it hit. Now I'm, now I'm kind of at the top and I'm, I'm seeing the chance to win this whole thing. Now there's great competitors there, so it wasn't guaranteed, but go back to sleep that early the next morning, Wake up an hour later, massive food poisoning, puking my guts up, diarrhea. Thought I had malaria because I'd just come back from Africa. Can't get out of bed. And you have to compete again in six hours for the next round. You know, and there's a million dollars on the line to win this show. Wow. And I've, I've left my job. I got nothing else. You know, I'm like, I'm kind of all in on this, but I know that it's not realistic for me to win. So that wasn't my plan of like quit my job and, and win the show. But this is the thing I've been building towards for six years. Go back, have some people lay hands on me, pray for me. They bring me over to the course in a golf cart, stick an IV in me. I get where I could do a pull-up for a warm-up, and I'm like, all right, well, if it ends right here, if I trip off the starting platform, so be it. Again, I will not let a sickness, an injury, something else stop me from giving everything I have. So I was like, God, I'm just going to go for it here. Had some cool God moments, end up, boom, making it through the one obstacle, then another obstacle, then another, and there's a count- countdown happening. And I'm on the second to last obstacle, and we got 30 seconds left, and I'm I'm so gassed. I can barely stand up, but get through it. Felt like I had angels holding me up on these obstacles. If I'm being serious, you can watch the video. You'll be like, how, how is that guy still going? Get to the last one, power through, lift up this, this gate underwater, jump up. And I see the buzzer. I mean, I see the timer counting down three, two, one, and I dive over and hit the buzzer, make it finish the thing. And um, it was like incredible, you know, victory and excitement of six years of persevering and training and being in a world-class mindset, but never seeing the results and going, am I doing things right? Is it, is it worth it? And it, it was kind of like a culmination of, yeah, it was worth it. And God will move on your behalf when you mm. take leaps of faith. And I, I declared and stated so many places of faith and belief that God was still going to use these situations, the good and the bad for his glory and for my good and to impact other people's lives. And dude, it, it came to fruition after six years 
And that's what launched the door for, A, my job was over, I was gone, but this news TV show popped up out of nowhere. And that was like another launch point. And, yeah. and good money in the show and incredible influence and impact. Yeah, let's let's we definitely want to get to 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 the more current stuff with with this recent show. But, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me was you're talking about these gifts that 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 you had been given, you know, growing up six foot, 130 pounds in, in high school, you probably didn't feel like you were like blessed as a as an athlete. But then you said when you kind of got into some of the strength training and the heavy stuff in college, you're like, oh, actually, maybe maybe I do have some of this genetic kind of predisposition for, for the, for the athletes. And, and now as the, as the warrior thinking like, okay, God, like, like you've given me this, like, 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 like use me. And it's because you were so clear, like that you knew that these gifts that you were given was to elevate you, to give you a platform to where you could really reach and impact so many people. That's where you were able to, you were able to really lean on that in those moments when you're sick and you're injured, you're like, I'm not giving up because I know this is why I'm here. You know, a couple episodes back, I did the five questions you need to ask yourself to discover your purpose. And, and I, and I, and I put emphasis on that discover word. Cause I do think we all created with very unique gifts and, and talents. And it's our job here on earth to discover those and then wow. use them to serve and make other people's lives better. And I think when we live and operate, which you are at, at this point in your life now, you're operating from that place where you know what your purpose is. And you know that the purpose is to improve and enhance and elevate other people's in their lives. So I think the, the, the message here for a lot of people is, A, go back and listen to the five questions you need to ask to discover your purpose. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, but when you get so clear on, on what you're creating, on what you're doing, and you're partnered with the right person in creating this life for yourself, then the sickness, the hardness, the, the feeling of, of I got to work through this, but it's so difficult to actually have enough to get through it. You'll, you'll be able to tap into inside of you, the energy, the drive, whatever it's going to need to keep you moving down that path. So I think that's an incredibly powerful part of, of what you shared. They're just kind of my insight or perspective on, on what you said. Let's get into this um, exalt alone because like I was sharing with you before, uh, before recording here is, is I only give myself, you know, maybe 60 minutes of TV daily, not even every day do I do it, but it's typically between seven and 8 PM. I'll throw it on cooking dinner and, and whatnot. And it was on Telemundo on Monday evening that, uh, I'm just kind of scanning the channels and I see, Oh, this is the, this is the show that, that Nate is on. Um, so tell the audience, you know, what is Exotalon? Correct me for my improper pronunciation, but tell, you know, tell the audience what that is, how it differs a little bit from, from the American Ninja Warrior. Um, and then I got some questions I want to ask you about kind of your experience um, on the show. Hey, gracias, mi amigo. Tienes <laughs> excelente español. You, you know, got real, great stuff. <laughs> real quick, it's funny because I, I was recognized in high school. I graduated in 2002. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm getting out there a little bit. Uh, but I was recognized in 10th grade by the National Spanish Honor Society. They actually gave, uh, me, they gave me a, like a, a, a thing to wear during my graduation, received a big plaque and everything. I basically was really good at passing tests in high school because I learned mm -hmm. zero Spanish and I just knew how to answer questions properly. But yeah, it, it was also because of that mustache you got, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> they they knew that that they knew Frank was going to have the uh, that's right the mustache in twenty twenty one yeah for sure so yeah what is what is Exatlon tell tell the answer a little bit about it yeah Exatlon is now the number one rated TV show on Telemundo and it is a a combination of Ninja Warrior Spartan Racing meets Survivor mm. the old, older people in here know Survivor the TV show one of the original reality TV shows where you're put through a series of really extreme challenges and events where you're living in hardship and starving of sorts and, and making it work. And you're also on a team 
and someone gets eliminated every week. So this show was very athletic based, but it's a reality TV show. It ended up filming for 26 weeks every single day. I didn't know that when I signed up for it. No cell phone, no TV, no internet, no outside source or connection. You're on a team. I was on the team Famous or Famosos. Ten of us, five men and five women with you know strong athletic backgrounds, World Cup soccer players, MMA title holders, boxers, Olympic gymnasts, all these you know strong athletes. And I was the Ninja Warrior, so I had more of a obstacle mindset and background. Yeah. And the other team was the Contenders or Contentiendes, and they were up and coming athletes who were extremely gifted and strong, but they hadn't made it on TV. They ha- they're not really nationally known. So like basically the challengers against the, the well-knowns. And it was a format every day you're competing. Sometimes as simple as where you're going to stay that week, either in a cabin, which is a shack out in the woods, sleeping on a wood floor, wow. no air condition. This is in the Dominican Republic, by the way, no air condition on a yoga mat without a pillow, centipedes and tarantulas crawling around 10 of us living in this shack. There's an outhouse in the back. If you win that that battle for where you stay for the week, you go to the mansion and you got a chef cooking for you. You got a bed. You got a few other options. And with that, you know, we had other things where we we're eliminated at the end of the week or facing elimination battle. So it's it's kind of a contest of or we're being paid to be there. We have a chance to win an SUV in the week, a, a five or ten thousand dollar cash prize, and the end prize or the goal in the end is you win the two hundred thousand dollar grand prize for being the final person who has made it through all the eliminations. And now the the hook is, as you said, this is on Telemundo, so it's in Spanish. And if you can tell, I'm, I'm the gringo. <laughs> Y'all know hablo espanol antes de Catalan. You know, I didn't speak any Spanish, but thankfully I had a roommate who, who helped me prep a little bit. So I, I learned like 25 words before I went down there. So it was a new thing for me. But it was way outside of my comfort zone. At the same time, I was like, you know what? I, I've, I freed myself up for a new adventure and for God to move in my life. Like, what's that going to look like? So let me let me take a risk here and Somehow it was a stretch for me to get on as the outsider who didn't speak Spanish, but they opened the door. Essentially, some of my backstory was I'd lived in Norway, so and I looked like a Viking. You know, I had a big beard at the time, yeah. and I had this success on Ninja Warrior. Also, the overcoming obstacles, adversity, challenge of the sickness, the injuries, and persevering through those, that resonated with the producers because they're like, man, so many people get hurt. So many people quit. They can't handle the mind games that happen here. This isn't a one-week competition. This is was supposed to be 15 weeks. It ended up being 26 because of COVID, but it's a daily grind. You're isolated from everyone else and there's no coping mechanisms. There's no cookies. There's no porn. There's no TV. There's no call your family. There's no check-ins. You're isolated and you're having to grind and compete every single day. And so I, I heard about that. I'm like, sign me up. And actually I didn't know how bad it was going to be because if I had, I probably wouldn't have done it. But yeah. Now there's, there's, there's kind of a real world component to it as well, right? Like you guys are MTV's like, the challenge. That's probably a similar dynamic. To- yeah. So you have, you know, you have young, fit, attractive, attractive people all, all in a home together. And, you know, you've, you know, you've, you've openly, you know, kind of shared um, on, on other so- episodes that you talked a little bit about kind of, you know, you lost your way, you know, in college and in your early twenties, but you're kind of back now in, um, you know, with Rob, I know his, his whole thing is, is waiting. I know you've kind of, express this as, as well. So was that a difficult thing to, 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 to deal with? How were you viewed by others in the house? Um, you know, was there, was there a challenge with, with people kind of, okay, I got to imagine, you know, um, that long you're with people there, there's going to be that. So, so was that difficult for you and, and how were you able to kind of oh, navigate through that? Yeah. Great question. The one thing I had going for me was that this was Latin America. And so 
almost everyone had a cultural background of being raised Catholic. Okay. So they have some familiarity with like God and religion. So when I essentially made myself out to be the Christian and the guy who's living by certain moral standards and, and living by certain convictions, it, it wasn't shied away from or frowned upon heavily. Like even when I would state certain things that I, I lived or believed on the show, they didn't make me out to be the, the guy that they're going to bash and make fun of, at least as a, a show production mindset. Because I look at, at other things where believers go on these reality TV shows and they just get slammed. Some of them are already a little kooky or weird, like the actual person, because maybe they were homeschooled the whole time. And shout out to homeschoolers. But it's a, for me, it was a struggle of I've been growing step by step in my faith in declaring what God's done in my life and having these private convictions that I'm living out behind the scenes, but I'm not always stating them publicly. And I desired to really live out Romans 116 and not be ashamed of the gospel to live boldly in all things that I'm doing. And I thought, you know, if I'm taking these leaps of faith that I've decided to leave my job and I want to be more all in, I've got to continue to take action on that. So it was a, it was a daily battle of like, all right, God, I, I want to not only live by example and live with my convictions, Privately, I want to be public about it, but I, I really developed a good friendship and relationship with everybody on the team. I led in a way of I served, man. I, I found every opportunity I could to bring value to my team, to sacrifice myself. And there's a chance you get eliminated every week. And so I would take on some of the, the risk of like, they're like, I don't want to compete right now today against that guy because he's going to beat me and I'm going to get eliminated. That's what everyone in our team would say. And I'd say, I'll go. He's probably going to beat me. I'll, I'll volunteer, even though I needed this thing. You know, I needed the win. I needed to stay in. I was getting paid. I needed the promotion. You don't get any influence and audience and following unless you made it basically to the finals. I'm like, I need this. But you know what? Let me apply Matthew 633. Seek first the kingdom of God, his way of doing things. Everything else will fall in place. So I do I just grab hold of scriptures. And for the first time, not for the first time, but for like the first really public way, I'm like, I'm going to live this fully. So, dude, I would just serve other people as best I could. And I would also challenge my teammates who were, dude, two and a half, three million follower Instagram, like super social, well-known people. And I'm like, I'm speaking and calling them out for things in a loving way. But like, dude, that's not acceptable. What are you mm-hmm. thinking? Like, and, and normally my people pleasing self would say, just, just fit in, just do what they want. And as, as things developed, I had some beautiful women on there that from what they, everyone would tell me that there's a Pocahontas complex, like they love this show and, you know. Some Latina women love the gringo guys. And so I fit the stereotype and, and I was fun and likable. And I had a lot of, a lot of things happen where I'm like, I'm not going to go down this path because that's, that doesn't lead with intentionality. So no, I'm not going to allow any relationship thing to happen here. Yes. I'm going to state my beliefs on why I'm not having sex until I get married, you know, whereas I had in the past, but I'm living in a new place. And Mm. they're like, are you crazy, dude? What is wrong with you? But I developed enough, um, character and discipline on the show and performed well where they're like all right i respect this guy because he's killing it so whatever he's doing like maybe i'll, I'll listen and, and as i got better and better and god blessed it god blessed so many things like as a team one one time through it would look like luck we won fifty thousand dollars and it never happened before on the show through a sequence of picking the right numbers on this board it's hard to explain but everyone's like how in the world did that happen and I had prayed before. Dude, I was walking around praying for like 20 minutes, praying in tongues, asking God, be here and, and manifest yourself through the results that we have so that they can't deny that God is here and that I'm following what you're calling me to do. And it happened. And from that point on, everyone's like, Nate, Nate, he's like connected to God on WhatsApp. And so they would listen to me. 
And I, I continued to use that influence and speak into their life and then declare things when I got interviews and when I got put on and when I won, I won this SUV. And they're like, that was impossible, Nate. How did you do that? And I'm like, I think God is, is using these reminders here in these situations to show that he has a message he's trying to tell people. And they would air it. They would go with it. And then God would bring more and more things happen. And then these injuries that happened, I broke my foot and somehow came back from it and didn't get eliminated. I partially tore my Achilles and somehow just kept going. And everyone's like, what is going on? So these stories continue to build where I could be my authentic self. Now, discerning the environment, not always walking around saying Jesus and God and Bible verse, blah, blah, blah. But just knowing, hey, let me sprinkle some truth in here. Let me sprinkle a little salt in here. Mm. Let me sprinkle a little light from time to time. But let me connect, man. I was real. Let me also be myself and have fun. And I'm mooning some of the other competitors because my buddy Fernando loved to do that. Like I'm being a kid and being goofy. But um, I'm being real. At the same time, there's times when I put my foot down and say, "No, no, thanks. That's not what I stand for. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that." Yeah, but that's. I mean, that's 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 really our job, you know, as 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 Christian, you know, and 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 men of influence, or you know, men in any type of leadership uh, position or or whatever, you know, it's it's something that I saw play itself out in in my life, and you know, this 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 is what led me to really being open to accept the, the invitation when, when Jesus came, like I, I was, I was prepared because I'd been around the right type of men. So, so, so where I'm getting at is like, we should always show up in every situation in a little bit different of a way to where we're not, we're not shoveling things down people's throat. Like you said, you weren't, mm-hmm. you, know, you weren't Bible slapping verses all, mm-hmm. all over people, but you were, you were operating in a place where it was something slightly different about Nate to where they just said, Oh, what, what makes Nate a little bit different. So they're kind of open to where you then kind of share it with you. I love that. They're like, Oh, <laughs> Nate's got God on WhatsApp. Like you're like, no, nah, bro, I got a direct line, but, but I'll, I'll show you guys how to do that. Um, dude, this, this, this has been amazing. I, I truly feel like I could talk to you for, for hours. If you don't mind, I want to ask you a couple, you know, questions about Nate and then we'll kind of bring it home here with, uh, with a few final questions that we have with every show. So, you know, your, 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 your profile, your, your Instagram is kind of like, this has kind of become, I guess, you know, kind of how you're building your brand around is this no limits, Nate. So what does living a life, no limits mean to Nate? And you know, what is, what is one piece of advice that you can pass along to the audience if they're looking to step into a life of no limits? That's good. And sometimes it feels hard for me to say that no limits, no limits, Nate, but it's something that I, I declare as a personal statement. And the difference between limits and boundaries, boundaries and guardrails are key pieces that we need in our life. So it's not that I throw everything to the wind and ignore it, but I I realize that there are limitations placed on us through false belief, through situations we've experienced in life. And we we bump our heads against those and then it makes us give up. And I've realized that there is no limit you can't break through. Mm. There's no barrier that you can't overcome or situation you can't overcome. And I've shared a few of those things in my life as we've talked through the story. And as I had the belief that it was possible to get through it, I've seen God do incredible things. And so a a mission statement I have is, is that I want to live my life with the belief in showcasing that there is no limit to what God can and will do through a life that's fully submitted to him. And when I've done that, I've seen that God's broken off limitations and barriers in my life in so many areas. So I seek to continue to challenge myself and push myself with that mindset of don't accept this limitation that's happening. Don't accept this this financial limitation, this, this poverty mindset, don't accept the lies that I've told that I can't impact people or that I'm too introverted or scared to speak or that I'm too worried about what people think to share my truth. 
Mm-hmm. Like, don't accept that limitation. And then I look at guys like you and others who, who they've done the same thing in their life with different personalities and different backgrounds and different struggles. They haven't allowed limitations placed on them to hold them back. So I'm like, everything can be broken through. And so I just keep declaring that. Like, I'm, I'm going big, even though it's hard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep stepping out and having faith. And dude, I, I'm building a brand right now, but I don't fully know what it is. And I don't have full clarity and vision on what I'm doing and what God's calling me to. But I'm seeking to still take action as best I can day in and day out. And sometimes I'm depressed and I don't want to do anything. Sometimes I'm confused and I don't know where I'm going. But I choose just keep taking a step bit by bit and trying to get myself back in the root of the word, word of God every day. And as as I get peace and guidance from the spirit, I take another step and take an action. So there's no limit with with the spirit of God in you. God, I love that. Love that. Thanks. Love that. And I feel it's so, you know, it's so parallel with, you know, with the mission here, you know, with the superhuman life, I feel like you and I are, 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 are walking so closely, like in the same direction, it's very similar places and in, in life as well. I'm excited about, you know, the future, What I, I think this is kind of just the beginning of a real powerful relationship between you and I, um, you, you talked about the depression there. So, so obviously, you know, a lot of our audience, a lot of our men here, um, are, are struggling with, you know, some, some habits and, and behaviors. And, and we know that, you know, it's, it's, it's that addiction or, or that behavior that can lead to feelings of depression or feelings of, of not enough. So do you have, you know, do you have any words of advice or, you know, any, anything that's worked for you? Like, like, like real kind of actionable step, like when you're having one of those days where it's just like, I don't want to get out of bed. I'm, I'm a little depressed. Like I got so much going on, but I don't have all the answers. Like what's that piece of advice that we could give to anybody, man or woman that's hearing this. And it's like, they're just, they're just feeling down, you know, in life right now, man, I was never the person that felt like I struggled with depression. And up until recent points in my life, the past two or three years, I've had bouts where I just, I get in this funk and I'm like, man, I have no motivation. I don't desire to do anything. It was really hard for me to keep my commitments or to, to put myself out there to take risk. So I, I now can really connect and resonate with people who have struggled with things and they find themselves going back into these spirals and, and using coping mechanisms and staying mm-hmm. stuck. So one, one thing that really helps me is accepting and saying, you know, it's okay to slow down a little bit. It's okay to have highs and lows. You know, you, you have a big win and then there's a crash afterwards. It's okay. Don't, so don't freak out if I get into that space. Give myself some grace there. But also, as long as I stay aligned with, with people and don't isolate myself too much, and try to just get out there. Like, man, right when I got out of this show, I'd been so unplugged for so long and I'd poured myself out spiritually and emotionally and physically for so long. I was so drained. I came out and I kind of went into depression of just, man, I, I just can't and don't want to do anything. But I, I realized if I can get myself around someone who has some life and some energy and some vision right now, they can help pull me out of the mud intentionally or unintentionally. So I, I used, in a lot of ways, I used like every bit of my energy and mustered it up and got myself plugged in with Steve Weatherford because it I knew a big truck like that can pull my vehicle out of the mud and he can help yank me forward just if I'm hearing his voice and being around him. He doesn't have to speak directly to me. And so for the guys and the girls out there that kind of struggle, especially if you're introverted and then you, you just want to be isolated, just use your energy to get yourself around one or two people mm. at a church, at, at your work environment, in a hobby. Do something that you enjoy, man. I, I used to have to give myself, I still give myself permission to like have fun from time to time. So get around those people. You'll, you'll feel that spiritual energy. You'll feel that vigor, that life. They'll speak life into you. They'll encourage you. And boom, all of a sudden you're back alive and you're ready to roll. But don't allow the, the enemy to speak those lies of like, hey, this is just how it is, how you are. 
and just go find that little comfort zone, sit back in it. And then that downward spiral of porn or whatever triggers people deal with, those things become more tempting. It's like, ah, oh, maybe alcohol is the outlet right now. Mm-hmm. Don't accept those lies. You got to believe they're lies and keep building in those good habits that build like boundaries. You know, I say no limits, but I have strong, strong boundaries. boundaries, strong boundaries in all parts of my life. What I look at, who I talk to, what I listen to, strong boundaries. Keep those things up. And then when you're weak, you got those boundaries to bump into that kind of keep me guided keep me going down the path. Yeah. It's powerful. And I mean, just, just listening to your entire story, the, the impact that people have had, you know, we talked about, I shot an entire video months back, you know, with, with this pandemic and, you know, it's being isolated, like addiction, you know, addiction feeds itself in these isolated moments. Like, like when mm. you're, you know, when you're struggling, like that's the moment, pick up your phone, like even being in a lockdown, whatever your situation is, whatever state country, wherever you're hearing this at, like, don't allow, you know, a lockdown, don't allow a quarantine, don't allow a pandemic to keep you from getting connected. There's places, there's, there's a yes. cell phone, there's WhatsApp, you know, reach out to God on WhatsApp, get plugged into one of our Facebook communities, reach out to Nate. I know Nate probably gets, gets a lot of DMs. I'm sure he replies to as many as he possibly can myself as well. There, the world we live in, there's no reason not to be connected with individuals, with people. So that is, that is so powerful, brother. Um, so I want to, we have one final question. We're going to bring it home here in a second. Uh, but before we do that, Nate, I want to give you a chance to plug anything that you're working on. You know, where can people find you if they're, if they, if they enjoyed what they heard here today, if they want to learn more about what Nate's got going on now and, and in the future, what's the best place, for, best place for people to connect with you? Yeah. Everyone can find me on most social media platforms at no limits, Nate. So between Instagram and Facebook, Instagram is where I'm a little more active and I'm, I'm diving into adventures. I'm heading to Costa Rica in two days, just got back from San Diego and yeah. Denver right now, man, I'm, I'm, I feel like I have a little bit of freedom and I'm going to use that. I try to be all in on whatever season I'm at. So right now it's, it's me being single. I don't have a family, which I want. I don't have a wife, which I want, but I don't have a job commitment, which I, I don't really want, <laughs> but I'm maximizing where I'm at in this season. And so I'm out doing things and, and trying new places. If you guys are motivated by seeing someone step out of their comfort zone and try to push forward in life and figure it out, man, I, I don't have the, the fullest vision. I got a pretty clear idea where I'm going, but social media is where I'm, I'm trying to share some of that. And, and my challenge to myself is to, to be more open, you know, do things like this. And I don't have a product that I offer. It's more about here's the journey I've been on. And I want to see you guys and you girls find life and find it abundantly. And, and I'm seeking to do that. And that's the journey I'm starting to document. So it's a new process for me because I come from an engineering world where you don't talk about or show anything. You just grind at your desk. So I'm stepping into that new space. I appreciate you allowing me to share some of the story with your audience and the the group that you've built up and you foster and you've encouraged. And I honor you for that because I know you're impacting people. The ones you see, man, it's always 10x or 100x of what's actually happening. So these seeds that are being sown, I know that they're going to come to fruition in a lot of powerful ways. I'm honored to to be on this with you, with your audience. I'm honored to hopefully build a friendship and and see what's next. And we'll see what, what comes from it, you know? Absolutely, man. Like like I said, we're we're in such similar, you know, similar seasons. You know, I came, you know, uh, a big part of my story here just in the last, you know, eight, eight months or so is I was in a very serious relationship. You know, we thought thought that was the one like there was you know there were mm. there were parts of that relationship that really led me here because it was i needed to change because i needed to change for her 
early on, you know, it's grown and evolved since then, uh, but didn't work out the way that we, you know, tried to force it to work out. So here I am, you know, like a new mission in life, very aligned with my my purpose in the world right now. Um, but I'm single, you know, there, there, there are, you know, hopes and dreams for that wife and family down the road. Um, you know, I know God will provide that, you know, when, when it's ready, but you know, I'm, 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 I just shared this with a friend of mine yesterday. Like I'm thinking about kind of going nomad later this year and just hitting the road, me and Bentley taking, taking the car and just seeing whatever parts of the country we, we want to. So I might be making a swing through, through Houston there. Um, but I'm going to be excited. You know, it's, it's, uh, I'm going to be obviously following all the content that you're putting out there because it's going to force me. One thing I probably struggle with a lot from sharing my life socially is I want to put like informative, valuable content. So I don't share a lot mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. what happens in my life behind the scenes. So I'm going to maybe be picking your brain of, of, of how you just kind of find or get through that fear of just, just opening up, you know, the, the personal stuff. So yeah, we'll get all your, all your social media stuff plugged down there below guys. Nate is an incredible follow on Instagram. Um, so make sure you get plugged in there. So as always, Nate, we have one last question we'd like to end the show here with. Obviously, the title is The Superhuman Life. You know, um, I shared pieces of, of the story and the testimony that, that led us to here. But ultimately, the title, is, it, it's not like living, like there's not a formula for, for living a superhuman life. For me, it's about kind of a, a belief system or a perspective on how and why you're doing things. You know, I shared with you, I, I, I kind of lived a life, you know, worldly life, trying to do things all on my own for 35 years. You know, had some success, had some bodybuilding, you know, some fitness stuff, had some financial success, had some business success, but it was never fully fulfilling. It was never all that I, you know, was dreaming that it, that it could be. It wasn't until I fully aligned with the right partner and I got clear on what my purpose was and then, and then live my life intentionally on creating that purpose out to serve other people. So that's what I think about when I talk about living a superhuman life, but bringing it home here to Nate, as we do with every single guest to end the show. How would No Limits Nate define living a superhuman life? Whew. That's a strong question. <laughs> well, I'm grateful to be now connected to your content, but I don't know what your message in your life has been before this point. But for me, living a life with no limits is saying yes and having the freedom to, to live with uncertainty and say, okay, whatever pops into my life, instead of overanalyzing it, I just try to say yes. Like, okay, one more step. Yes, God, I'll, I'll do this. So it's kind of a motto of I say yes, period, to whatever God brings in my spirit. And if it's scary, if it's uncertain, if it causes me anxiety, it's probably more of where I need to be stepping. And if I keep those people around me like you that say, dude, suck it up, step into it, let's go. That's what brings life. And that's where I've seen God do abundant things. That's where I get to apply that all in mentality. And so this, the age old stereotype Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Mm. I am not the type that enjoys getting out of my comfort zone. And I'm 35 in a few weeks and I'm still finding ways where I'm so uncomfortable and I'm so afraid, but I will still continue. And I'll make that declaration here to step out in faith, to speak things, to align myself with the right people. And then say, guys, watch the journey because God will do incredible things. And this trophy over here is the testament of some incredible situations Romans 8, 28, God works all things together for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And six years of having just things happen to me that's like, how can anything good come from this? And it eventually did. That's the promise from God. So I think if you grab some of those promises and live by them, you'll see something powerful and unlimited happen in your life. Let's go. Powerful, brother. Powerful. Full surrender. Full surrender. Freedom is on the other side. 
God bless you, brother. I love you so much. Guys, this was an episode jam-packed with value. Make sure you follow Nate. Get plugged in here. Get connected in the community. No limits. Never give up. It's never too late. God bless you all. We'll see you next week.